And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play by play coming to you live while well, we got things situated rushed, in right rushed. in the nick of time. Uh, Casey Justler here with Coach Brian Kiley. We have, I don't know about you, I had a rough morning, man. I had to, I caught the bridge getting here. I had to go to the, the La Rosina Coastal Bridge. Thankfully, that wasn't open. Uh, we made it in time. Made it in time to go even to the dollar store, get some cough drops, and get our, everything we need to survive the next 90 minutes of sports talk. We've got BJ Young, who will be joining us at noon. You guys know BJ comes on every Wednesday at noon. we got Taylor Griffin joining us at 1215. Um, we'll talk about uh, our mailbag. i got my questions loaded up. Uh, we'll get those answered. we got some sports questions. we got some non-sports questions. Um, and we'll get all those answered for you today. Um, but first, we got to lead off talking about the big news yesterday in the LHSAA. 68% of the member principals casted a vote of yes. Uh, what does a yes vote mean? That means that they ratified and confirmed the redefined definition for what a select school is. That was a definition that was passed by the executive committee last year, which basically, long story short, it takes all of the private schools and joins them with all of the open enrollment schools around the state of Louisiana. Basically, any school now that could get kids outside of a true boundary limit are now all together as one, which I think is, you know, hey, that's pretty fair, right? I mean, I think I do think that that's, uh, that's reasonable. Acadiana, yeah, public school, but they could get anyone in Lafayette Parish to enroll at their school. South Lafouche, a public school, you're stricken by the boundaries of intercoastal and below. Um so I think that's a fair ruling. Um, so what that means ultimately is that the postseason for football, I don't know that they voted on any other sport nope. besides football yesterday. So the postseason for football is going to stay the same as it did last year. So I know you guys are wondering, okay, well, well what does that mean for my team in particular? Well, <clears throat> it's going to it's gonna mean that the playoffs that you saw last year or the playoffs that are going to be the same as you see this year, and I'll tell you where every single one of our local teams will be bracket-wise. Division One non-select, we're going to have Destrehan locally, East St. John, Terrebonne, Thibodeau, South Lafouche, HL Bourgeois, South Terrebonne, and Central Lafouche. They are all going to be in Division One non-select. Division Two non-select locally, we're going to have Lutcher. We're going to have Assumption. Let's see, we're going to have Morgan City who will be out there. And we're going to have Ellender, who will be in Division II non-select. Division II select, we're going to have E.D. White. We're going to have Vanderbilt Catholic. Division Three select, we're going to have Homa Christian School. And Division Four select, we're going to have Central Catholic of Morgan City and CCA. At the end of the day, and I mentioned this yesterday. In fact, it's our buddy Tyler Smith who asked me on social media, hey, bro, what you think about this? And the way that I answered Tyler is the way that I'm going to explain it here. It's a Band-Aid, right? I don't know that this is ultimately going to be what it ends up being after January or whatever. But for right now, the yes vote needed to pass. Because if it, they would have voted no and they would have sent the open enrollment schools back on the public side, you would have had just great imbalance. The public school brackets would have had 50 and 60 teams competing for 28 playoff spots. And every single private school in the state of Louisiana would have already clinched their playoff berth no matter what their record was. So now, I think A, it was too late to make such a drastic change in the middle of the season. B, I think this is a more balanced and more fair way than the alternative. 
and C, kudos, in my opinion, uh, to the principals of the state of Louisiana for getting this through, showing up. There are only 20-plus principals that didn't show up. Again, I said it on play-by-play yesterday. If you didn't have an excused absence, shame on you. But by and large, the principals turned out. And by and large, I think the principals made the right decision yesterday. Neither option is ideal. Neither option is perfect. I get that. We're going to have the big uh, meeting in January to maybe iron some other things out. But just given the two options that we had to choose from, I think they picked the better of the two options. Just my opinion. I agree. At this time, it was the right decision. And look, if you go back and competitive-wise, just look at how competitive the football playoffs were last year. This system worked last year. Now, will it work this year? I don't know. But last year was some of the best state championship games that I've seen in a long time. So competitive-wise, I think it worked. Fairness? South Lafourche and South Terrible? No, it's not fair to you yep. at all. But for at this time of the year, and I think that was the right decision. Now, do it right principles if you don't like the situation that your school is in get a proposal in and where the principals can and, and come up with a, a solution and fix it in january for the following school year so uh, it remains to be said i'm not sure how our local schools voted if they voted yes or no but i agree with you casey i think for right now it was the best decision that could have been made. And is it fair? No, it's not. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I agree with that 100%. Um, you know, we had two options. We didn't have three options. We didn't have the room to debate. We didn't have the room to, you know, propose big things. Like, we'll save that for January. But of the two options, I think this was unquestionably the better of the two options. 68% of the principals said, you know, yeah, let's do this, and you, I think it's the right thing. To do. You're giving your school a better chance to get in the playoffs because more teams will be in the playoffs. But in South Lafourche and South Terrebonne's case, you 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 you're playing with the big dogs. But but either plan you were playing with the big yeah. dogs. So I mean, there was there was no way to avoid that. There was no way to escape. Now you better chance to get in more teams. <clears throat> yeah. Um. So kudos to them. They made that happen. It was actually relatively quiet you know they had uh principals had the opportunity to speak nobody was really too outspoken nobody was really too you know vocal and here's the thing that it tells me though um you know we hear often oh you know they, they're trying to come back together or that 68 percent of the principals are trying to further split because basically that's what we did we, we we put more select schools in those brackets now the open enrollments they're gone they're with the private schools I think that the fact that the vote was so wide, 68% to 32%, tells me that split ain't going away. Um, I mean, that's a lot. That's a big old majority. And I think if they vote on that again in January, which I think they're going to try to do, but hell, they vote on it every January. I think there are so many public school principals that don't want to be in the same brackets with the John Curtises and the St. Augs and, you know, the... I still think that they're, you know, even though we we kind of speculate sometimes, oh, they're trying to get it all back together. When you see almost seventy percent of the principals say, "Hey, no, we want more select schools, not less." I don't know that they're gonna, they're going to get rid of this thing anytime soon. And that's the same thing that that Coach Jenkins told us, right? It's like, you know, hey, we could say we want it all back together, but at the end of the day, every time we vote, <laughs> the, the yeah. margin is wide. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know that there's as much momentum maybe as, as we initially thought. I think there's still a pretty strong majority that wants to split. I, I would like to see the, the breakdown of classes of who voted yes, who voted no, because I, from what I understand, in January there's a proposal where it's going to be by class mm. to see if you want to get back together. And if they do it by class, again, I might be – misinformed but if they do it by class i think you just need a simple majority so it'd be be, easier so there could potentially be a situation where 5a has just one champion and they they merge and they get everything back together but 4a and 3a would still have select and non-select 2a can maybe be back together it that would be even more look i heard that i don't know if it has any Teep to it, but uh, that that's one thing I, I've heard that people are talking about, and it makes sense. And, I mean, that'd be the easiest way to get rid of it if that's their motivation. That'd be- and, and they're figuring it, it's an easier way to pass it, just going by each class voting on it. So, if a lot of the the smaller schools voted yes yesterday, that could could potentially could yeah. change it in the upper classes. But I mean, hmm. who knows? So we'll check that out. We'll certainly be keeping our eyes on that. But for now, um, false alarm. And it's ironic that I say false alarm on the day that every one of us will get an alarm on their phone at 120 um, and on their TVs and on their radios. Have you seen some of the conspiracy theories about that? Yes. People have lost their Relax. minds. Relax. <laughs> I mean, my God. Oh, bro, they're tracking us. Let me tell you something about this. Taking my phone off. The government, if the government wants to know where you are, they're, they're going to know where you are. And what gets me is you got people typing a Facebook status saying, oh, I'm turning off my phone, blah, blah, blah. As soon as you hit send on that, the government could tell exactly where you are. You think our social media apps don't know exactly where we are at all times? There's a reason why whenever I shop for golf clubs on Amazon, the next time I go on Facebook, all I got are ads for golf clubs. Like, they know everything that we're doing. Relax and just accept this damn phone alarm at 120 and just roll with the punches. Like, it feels like Y2K again. You remember Y2K? Everybody thought, all oh, the computers aren't going to work. The electricity, the, the power's going to go out. Our toilets won't flush. Relax. Take some blood pressure medicine. It's going to be okay. Let's catch a break when we get back out of the break. Uh, We'll talk a little bit of middle school football and a little bit of high school football. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Calvin Braxton Ford is your brand-new car dealer in Lockport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big-town inventory and small-town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dufresnelumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the Dufresne difference. 
Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Galliano. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. school games last night we had Lockport getting their first win of the season 20 to nothing against sixth ward uh jacob allen provided me with some numbers surreal pondexter two touchdowns in the game mason plays also touchdown in the game and then how about this mason chasson was two of three on extra points for lockport oh, so lockport has an ahead. extra point kicker they went 20 to nothing over sixth ward the game that you were able to hear right here in kaylee b um Thibodeau middle school gets what it was a 38 nothing win over golden medal last night um, <clears throat> just athletes galore, man, just running up and down the field. Um, Coach Ezerman actually sent me a, a little note this morning. You and I were mentioning, you know, hey, man, they're doing a pretty good job on defense. Uh, they were in a 3-5 defense last night. The goal, Coach E said, was just to kind of um, give up some yards in the middle if they were willing to take them, but keep everything inside. Don't let them break outside. Um, for about a quarter and a half, Coach E said, hey, it worked out pretty good. Then they figured it out, and then things didn't go so well after that. But I thought Golden Meadows' initial plan was pretty good. They had opportunities to score late, couldn't take advantage. And um, look, man, Thibodeau Middle is what it is. They're, they're probably the the unquestioned favorite. They, they've still got some challenges, though, right? They're going to have to play D. White, which will be tough. They're going to have to play Raceland, which is going to be tough. Um, but they're the unquestioned favorite for a reason. Uh, they're still undefeated. They're playing sixth ward next week. That should be another walkthrough. Um the Rebels look, I'm not the Rebels, not the Rebels. The Warriors look pretty good. Um, yeah, and then they seem to be the clear favorite in our Paris Championship chase. Thibodeau Middle, they do such a good job of formation-wise for middle school. They spread you out, come out in all kinds of different formations, looking to take an ad, the advantage of you, of what you're playing on defense. And they had some huge holes. And look, those running backs, man, they made some shifty moves. They they were breaking tackles and they ran hard. And uh, Casey, we got to mention even before the game, Lundy Sheremy. What, oh, what yeah, a man. job! Yeah, unbelievable. Look, the first time we heard her sing, I'm not gonna lie, I thought it was just a recording. Like I thought they just found like a professional singer pl- singing it. No, unbelievable, dude. She uh, she's got a big old voice. And, and watching the video of her sing, she she knows she could sing. She's got that little swagger about her. That's uh. That was amazing. That yeah. was absolutely she amazing. She sung the national anthem before the game. Middle school student, Golden Medal Middle School, and tremendous job. But as far as the game goes, again, Thibodeau Middle, solid. They got some backs who can run. 
Uh, they go wildcat formation at times. A quarterback can run. Their backs can run. They put guys in motion on some little jet sweeps. Uh, it, they, uh, they do a lot of different things well on offense to keep the defense off balance. And last night it uh, was successful for them. Tonight you got Bayou Blue taking on, I believe, E.D. White. And yes. then you've got um, LCO taking on Raceland tomorrow. Um, I was asked by a parent to list volleyball power ranking numbers for our local team, so I'll actually do that here. In Division One. remember there's no select and non-select because the LHSA doesn't care enough about volleyball to split them apart. Um, sorry, not sorry. That's just the way that it is. It's a shame, and it should be split apart, but it's not. In Division One, we've got Terrebonne, who's currently number 11 in the state, with an 18-11 and 11 record. They're playing really well. Uh, Hanville. <clears throat> Excuse me, is number 12 with a 14 and 8 record on the season. Central Lafouche coach Brittany Wells, they're having a good season. They're 12 and 11. They're currently 18 in Division One, looking like it's going to be a postseason year for the Trojans. Just one spot behind them is Destrehan, who's 16 and 8. Looking at the rest of Division One, FHL Bourgeois sitting all the way at 43. They're 7 and 13. I watched Bourgeois earlier this year. First year coach, they're really young. It's kind of a down year for them. Thibodeau is 44th with a 7 and 16 record. Division Two. We've got Assumption. They're always good. They're seven, uh, number seven ranked overall. This goes to tell you the schedule they must have played. They're number seven in the state, but they're 12 and 12. That means they must have played brutal competition. South Lafouche, if the season ended today, would be a playoff team. The Lady Tarpons have gotten hot. They've won five matches in a row, including a win over Ellender yesterday. They're currently sitting at number 18 overall with a 9 and 12 record. Ellender sitting 22nd with an 8 and 10 record. South Terrebonne 26th with a 5 and 12 record. And that wraps up our local team. Nope, we got one more. East St. John, they were 44 in Division Two. They're winless on the year. Probably not going to be a postseason year for them. Division Three, we got some powers that are going to be competing for state championships. Vanderbilt is the number three team in the state in that classification with a 17 and five record. Ed White is right behind them. They're 15 and five. Ed White has been the state runner-up like four of the last five years. Talking to their coach, Coach uh, Sarah Johnson, they're hopeful that this year they can maybe win the final match and finally bring it home. Morgan City is number 10 in the state with an 18-8 and record. Wow. I didn't realize they were that good. Great year for Morgan City so far. Berwick is number 12, 13-9 overall. Lutcher's number 16 in Division Three with a 14-8 and record. And then looking through the rest, that's all the local teams, I believe, in that classification. Yep. <clears throat> so now we go to Division Four, and I could tell you that we have John Curtis, number one, no big surprise there. Patterson is number 16 with a 6-6 six and six record. St. James, number 18, with a four and oh, excuse me, with an eight and eleven record. Um, that wraps up our locals there. And in Division Five, we got Homa Christian and CCA, as well as Central Catholic. CCA is number five with a 19 and six record. What a job Coach Hamner's done in his first season there to already be pushing 20 wins. Central Catholic of Morgan City is number six with an eleven and nine record. And let's find Homa Christian School. Homa Christian is. Oh, they're not this far down. I must have missed them. Let's see where Homa Christian School is. Yep, there you go. I did miss them. They're 19th in the state with an 18 and 14 record. So it looks like three playoff bound teams. It's crazy to think, man. Was like I just click on the Homa Christian schedule or any schedule. We are October the fourth. The season's in the last week of October. So like just three weeks left in our volleyball regular seasons, and then we'll be going into postseason. Um, time flies when you're having fun, man. A lot of local teams are going to be in contention. A lot of local teams will be trying to win some playoff games. Yeah, volleyball is going to be wrapping up, so they could be making their final push to. Uh, Either get in the playoffs or improve their seed in the playoffs. But also, we have cross-country. got some cross-country results for you from uh, South Lafourche Cross-Country's team. 
They placed runner-up, Casey, runner-up at the Nichols Cross-Country Invitational last week. They had two runners in the top ten. Josh Guidry placed fourth, and Bo Guidry placed ninth. Also, Gavin Kiger had a good showing for the Tarpons, finishing 12th overall. The Varsity Girls, led by Bailey Lede and Jetsonomy Diaz, they placed 14th and 18th overall in the meet. JV also did well. Kobe Boudreaux placed third. Juan Cuz placed fourth. Corbin Mallard placed sixth. Matthew Tran, seventh. Luke Sheremy placed eighth. Angie Cardova, Angel Cardova, sorry, Angel Cardova placed ninth. For the cross country team at South Tafouche High School, having a very good season. Spoke yeah. with Coach Eric Zach a couple of days ago, and they're excited. They have a shot for a district and even looking ahead at possibly regionals. They're going to compete well. Well, while we're talking cross country, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that yesterday. Terrebonne High School senior Alex Williams broke the school record for a 3.2-mile cross-country run with a time of 15 minutes and 35 seconds. Um, dude, if you run three miles in 15 minutes, you're booking it. Like, you're sprinting the whole way. So an excellent job there by Alex Williams. The previous school record was 15.43, set by Jose Morales. I remember Jose Morales in 2011. Um but there's a new record holder, beat it by eight seconds. Alex Williams, congratulations to him, man, making school history. That's awesome to see. Ooh, that's trucking. <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's three straight five-minute miles. 3.2. Don't forget the point two. <clears throat> that's, uh, you're right, that's, that's, that's trucking. That's, that's going quick. In, in the Louisiana High School Athletic Association, we've got some week six games. Um, I got to tell you, looking at the schedule, we got some week six games that could potentially go off the rails. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to just call it like it is. Central hosting Destrehan, that should be that should be fairly lopsided, man. I, I hate to say that so bluntly, but Destrehan should probably be heavily favored there. Um, East St. John and HL Bourgeois, same deal. Um, probably they're going to be a game the Wildcats will have some some comfort with. <clears throat> Excuse me, maybe the game of the week in 5A, Hanvo traveling to take on Thibodeau. Whispers and rumors, Hanvo's not the same, Hanvo's not the same. Thibodeau, despite being one and four because their schedule's so damn tough, they're sitting at number twenty-eight in Division One right now. They could beat Hanville. They could improve their positioning and maybe even be comfortably in the top twenty-eight. Of course, twenty-eight teams make the playoffs. And then we've got Terrebonne taking on Ellender. <clears throat> Terrebonne is hungry. They lost to Ellender last year. Something tells me the Watch result. Out. Is, <laughs> something tells me the result might not be the same this year. Um, our guy, Dennis Skeins, they're hosting Bro Bridge on Friday. That should be a good one for them. Cecilia's really good, man. They're going to be a, a big power. Lutcher hosting South Terrebonne. You, th- you would think Lutcher would have the edge there. Uh, Vanderbilt hosting Morgan City. Again, you would think Vanderbilt has the edge there. South Lafouchian Assumption, a little more of a toss-up. Maybe you slightly favor Assumption, but I think it's anybody's game. Um, who's E.D. White beating the hell out of this week? They're going to be hosting Patterson, and, and yes, that's... That's going to probably be yes. a pretty bad yep. one. <laughs> Donaldsonville's traveling to take on Berwick. That should maybe be a pretty competitive game. Uh, who St. James has? St. James will be taking on Lake Charles College Prep uh, at home. So St. James looking to get a win. Home of Christian School's on the road. I looked this up last night. They're taking on South Plaquemine and in what might be a district championship game for them. That is a huge game. That is a very top-heavy 2A district, 9-2A. And Homer Christian School and South Plaquemine are the only two schools that got a chance to win that district, in my opinion. 
Um, so if Homer Christian could go on the road to Buras and get that win, they could potentially uh, get a big old leg up in their chances to make the postseason. Um, in single A, I know that Covenant Christian is home because I've added it to the work schedule this week. They're going to be taking on Vermilion Catholic at home over, and of course, home for CCA is John L. Guidry Stadium at Nichols State. So at Nichols, they'll be taking on Vermilion Catholic. Central Catholic of Morgan City is also at home this week. They're hosting Centerville. So we've got a lot of local teams playing, a lot of local teams that are at home. Um, I think looking at the list, the two most significant games, Thibodeau uh, taking on Hanville, that'll be extremely interesting. Can Thibodeau play with them for the you know the, the full duration? And then I hate to be a homer, but South Lafouche and Assumption is a big game, man. South Lafouche is kind of, kind of far back in that Division One race because some of the teams that they have played this season, Thibodeau and Central and others, don't have a whole lot of wins, right? So if you want to make the postseason, I said this on Monday, if you want to make the postseason right now, you're sitting at 32nd. You got to get into the top 28. You got to start winning. And I'd say you got to start winning. You're three and two. You're having a good start to the year, but you've got to beat teams like Assumption, right? You can't just only win the games that you're heavily favored to win. You got to win some of those 50 50 games. Biggest game of the year to this point for South Lafouche. They have to have that one against Assumption on Friday. I think it's the game of the week in the area. Yeah. Because. Uh, Assumption's going to want to come in and make a statement that they belong where they at, and the Tarpons want to make a statement that they're going to get in the top 28. And it's and you starting off the second half of your season. And look, I I'm gonna I'll give the nod to the Tarpons in this in this uh, in this game. They're at home. Assumption's coming in with a, a good football team. We're going to learn a little bit more uh, about them in a few minutes with Coach Young. But uh, I, I think it's the the game of the week and. Uh, if the Tarpons do not get this game, it, it's going to be tough for playoffs. Yeah, it's going to be an uphill road. I, I believe with four games to go, it, it's going to be uh, – they can do it, but it, it's going to be tough for them. If they get this game, their roads are not as difficult. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I, I think that that's a fair assessment. Let's catch a break. Let's find out if B.J. Young agrees with that. We'll join him um, in the next segment. He'll be calling us. Or actually, we'll be calling him as play-by-play. We'll be right back after this quick break on KLEV. Gen Gators at Industrial Power Systems, your local power generator professionals, serving the entire Gulf Coast as your Kohler titanium dealer. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators. For the most trusted brands in the industry, Kohler, Generac, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins, Onan, and more, Gen Gators at Industrial Power Systems is the place for you. 152 North Hollywood Road in Homa and Highway 3235 in Galliano. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Chain says, Go Tarpons! Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dufresnelumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. 
Attention event managers, Joe's Septic Contractors has been there for you in New Orleans and the surrounding areas. Whether it's a construction site, fair or festival, let Joe's Septic Contractors help you determine how many potties and how much temporary fencing you may need for your next event. Visit joeseptic at viscom.net. That's joeseptic at viscom.net. Locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, Reserve, and Odessa, Texas. Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. Casey just cleared with Coach Brian Colley. We kick off our noon hour with BJ Young of South Lafouche High School. BJ, good morning, man. How are we doing? Doing well, y'all. Good, bro. Um, you guys have what Brian and I think is a huge football game coming up in week six, man. You guys are sitting at number 32 right now. Got to get into that top 28. Got a three win assumption team coming in. It should be very evenly matched. I think this is a big one for the Tarpons on Friday. Yeah, I, th- I think it is. I think it's evenly matched. You know, I think it's a. Uh, uh, you know, if you, if you had it on FanDuel, I think it'd be set at even. You know, um, both they do things well. Uh, you know, Coach Will was here, and now he's over there. So, um, you know, we're familiar with each other. You know, on both sides of the ball. So I think um, you know I talked to him a little bit last night. You know, I know they're looking forward to it. It should be a fun one. Big old physical running back for Assumption. How important is it going to be that you guys tackle him before he gets his wheels rolling? Yeah. Um, look, he. I know this is crazy to say because St. Edmund's got a legit running back, but this dude here is going to be uh, one of the best ones we faced all year, um, if not the best one. You know, he's a big old boy, super physical. You know, it's, I, I don't remember really seeing people run this physical in a long time. He's very physical back. Crazy part is though, when he gets out, you know you can't catch him. He, uh, you know he he's moving, so it's going to be a challenge for us, man. I think um, you know we're going to have to do some things, like you said, to, to 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 stop him from getting rolling. Try to make it some tough sledding for him because uh, he he's a really good running back, and uh, look, they count on him a lot, you know. And then the counter punches the quarterback. The quarterback's a rough kid, super athletic. Um, you know, I remember I saw a clip. They 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 ran a play like a toss, and I saw a guy lead block, and I was like, man, who is that? And it was the quarterback. You know, I tossed it out, went out there and blocked the corner. So, just a super athletic kid. He's rough. Um, you know, so those two right there are going to be a big challenge for us. Man, I know that not scoring last week doesn't sit well. You're an offensive guy. You like to put points on the board. Now, I also understand you're facing a junior college defense in Lutcher, but how do you get those offensive boys back on track? Yeah, I, I, I think that's it. I mean, if anybody got a suggestion of where they think they should, they could, uh, you know, attack Lutcher to expose them, they could send me an email because I, there is none. You know, they 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 strong everywhere. Um, you know, Hondo reached out to me the other day, wanted to know kind of what we did. I, mean, I don't, you know, I don't know why you asked me. We did, we did, we did, we, did, we didn't do much. I told him, uh, you know, good luck, man. I mean, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. You, you just good luck, and it, it just. So I think our guys, you know, we kind of flushed it quick, man, honestly. You know, we went in Friday, we kind of, we watched it, you know, and, and made corrections, but but with understanding, you know, look, you got to be a realist too sometimes, man. You know what you're up against, you know. So um, we flushed it and, and, you know, we're ready for this week. I think it's another challenge this week. I think, uh, you know, Coach Will does a lot of things defensively that can give us issues, you know, confuse, he's trying to confuse you. So, um 
look, I, I think our kids are up for the challenge. You know, they're eager to get out there again and, and try to get back on the winning track. You know, like you said, I think these next two are huge, man, because, uh, you know, Sumsen has three wins and Morgan City has three wins. So if you can get the next two, you know, that's a bunch of power points that's, that's, that's falling, you know, in your lap right there. If you win those two games, that could put you, you know, in position to try to make a, you know, a playoff push, man. Cause in the, you know, in Division One, it's hard. You know, there's a lot of good teams in Division One, and they don't take 32, they take 28. So, you, you know, I, I be honest with you, we were talking about that. I don't think five and five gets us in. You know, I, I think you're going to have to find a way to win six, seven, eight games. So we, uh, this is the next one up. This one's super important, and it's going to be crazy. You're going to call it next week, and it's going to be like, this is a must win. Yeah. <laughs> we have to win this game. So I think every week just is playoff football for us, man, honestly. Dude, um, a kid that I'm super proud of is is Landon Dordar. We talked about him earlier in the season and how he was just kind of coming in his own. And you said earlier in the year, man, like, look, he's talented enough to run at the varsity level, but he just needs to believe that. And, and you know, over the spring, maybe a little bit of timidness there. But, boy, he's not running timid anymore. He's running hard. He's protecting the ball. And, uh, boy, he was he was tough as nails against Lutcher, taking a beating at times, but he was still fighting with everything he got. Yeah, the, the biggest thing to me is, you know, at the end right there, we were handing them the ball out of, out of the 21 personnel stuff. I mean, they knew we were running it, and I, everyone, including him, knew we wouldn't win in the game at that point, right? It's, it's three minutes and 30 seconds or whatever it is, and it's a running clock. You're down 42. It's impossible. You're not winning. So to see him grind it out and still run hard and have a purpose um, and not give up, that, that was the thing that stuck out to me, man, because it's so easy to just, but man, this one's over. I'm going to just, we're going to get out of this one. You know, but but to see him run hard at the end like that, still fighting for yards, um, was good to see. You know, his his biggest thing, like we talked about all year, is just the ball security. You know, he's got to hold on to the ball. Um, now we didn't run him a bunch last Friday, but he didn't fumble any either. You know, um, but look, he's been a bright spot, man. To be able to just hand the ball to a back, the O line as well. You know, creating lanes and, and you know moving people and big bodies up there. So. To be able to hand the ball to the back and not the only run game you have as a quarterback on, on, a, on a broken play, it's uh, it's good to see, man. You can actually kind of like, you know, scheme up some stuff you feel good about, not not just kind of banging your head against the wall. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about the assumption defense. I know you said Coach Will's going to be trying to do some deceiving things to confuse you guys um, athletically. You know, are, are they strong up front, good secondary? Give us a rundown of some of the things you've seen on tape. Yeah, look, I think, you know, they got to end uh, – Big kid, long kid, number three. He's a good football player. Um, I think their linebackers do well in the run game, and I think that DBs cover. You know, they run well, man. Um, look, it's going it's going to be a challenge. You know, we're going to have to come out and play play a clean football game, and kind of the same story every week, man. Cut cut down on the the self inflicted wounds. You know, if if we can stay in front of chains, um, not not hurt ourselves, and slow the back or the, slow the back and the quarterback down. Um, you know, I think I think I think Tarpon fans are in for a good game, man. I think it's it'll uh it'll come down to the wire. You know, uh I think I think it's two ball clubs who 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 are hungry for a win, you know, and um they look they, this game means as much to them as it means to us, man. Yep. You know, uh they they sitting at the same record, kinda in that same spot and you know, last year they were in, in, in and then dropped one or two late and it got them out of it. You know, so um they all mean a little bit more now. You start taking things, you know, not as for granted. So this one's just as big for them as it is for us. So I think it's going to be two teams um, that are hungry for a win that, 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 that's not going to hold back and do whatever they can to get it. For sure, man. Look, BJ, we thank you so much for the time, and uh, we'll see you Friday, brother. All right, man. Thank you all.
Yep. That is BJ Young doing a good job as always. Uh, he says he thinks it's a 50-50 match. Toss up. Um, when you look at, and I didn't even look at Assumption's power rating number. I told you the Tarpons are 32nd in Division One. Assumption right now. They up there. Yeah, they up there. They're number eight right now. So they're pretty comfortably in, but every spot you move up, uh, it's more home games for you. Uh, Lutcher's currently number one in that classification. Uh, really? <laughs> yeah, right. Trailing them is Pearl River. Pearl, let me see Pearl River. Pearl River is usually a team that plays a fairly easy schedule and then kind of gets beat. Yeah, Pearl River is a little bit of a fluke there, right? They played 5-0 and Pine and lost 48 to nothing. <laughs> but they are 3-1 and in their ranked second right now. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Very evenly matched game. The Tarpons are going to have to, I think, tackle that big bruising running back because kid could go. That kid could go. And you know this, man. Kids like that, they're going to be bigger and stronger in the fourth quarter. The more carries they get, the stronger kids like that get. I think it'll be important for the Tarpons to put assumption in some obvious pass situations, maybe go pressure the quarterback, maybe go force some turnovers, because if they stay ahead of the chains and can keep pumping that big fella, it's going to be a long night, man. That's Brandon Jacobs' boy there. That's, that's a little different DNA. Yeah, and what uh, Coach Young said, he's hard to catch. He has speed. He, he's not a big, slow back. He, he has some speed when he gets out. In the open, he can take it a distance. So uh, I'm confident Tarpon's going to be ready to play. They're going to come up with a plan and put their kids in the best situation to have success, and they're just going to have to go and uh, produce on the field. But I expect it to be a very good football game come Friday night, and Tarpon's can make a, a big statement here towards the playoffs with a victory. You know, it's crazy. I'm looking at the Division One non-select power rating numbers. Destrahan currently sits at number nine. And they got to be asking themselves, like, what do we have to do? Like, they went undefeated last year and won the state championship. All they've done so far this year is go 5-0 and and have pretty much blown out everybody that they played. And they're number nine in their own bracket right well, now. I-, I hate to say it. What what can you do? Get out of the district. I will. Yeah, please. please yeah, we please, would love it. Please get out of our district. Yeah, well, we, we don't have to worry because we – when they reclassify, we're going to be a 418. Same thing with East St. John. Number 14 right now in that bracket. They're 5-0. and they're, They haven't lost, and they're struggling to get a home game. We talked about it a couple of days ago or a week or so where the top 16, it's, it's crazy, the teams that are in there. I think Mandeville is a good football team. Annually, they are. They're 3-2. They're, and two. they're fighting just to get in. They're 27th right now. This is a Mandeville team. That beat Hanville thirty-one to five. Uh, beat Denham Springs, who's usually really good, thirty-eight to seven. This is a team that might not even make the playoffs. Like it, it, <laughs> it's crazy the the depth of talent. And that's what Coach Young just said. If you five and five in <clears throat> Division One, uh, your chances of getting in are not very good. Yeah, and that's why this game against Assumption and next week's game against Morgan City are of utmost importance. If you're a Tarpon fan, you got to have them both. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we'll go to Taylor Griffin. Turtle and I will be talking about, uh, maybe I'll ask him about the LHSAA uh, and, and the ruling yesterday, see if he's got any thoughts. Maybe some Nichols basketball, some LSU, some Saints, and some wrestling. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick-loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement or wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons! 
Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in LaRose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. Gen Gators at Industrial Power Systems, your local power generator professionals, serving the entire Gulf Coast as your Kohler titanium dealer. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators. For the most trusted brands in the industry, Kohler, Generac, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins, Onan and more, Gen Gators at Industrial Power Systems is the place for you. 152 North Hollywood Road in Homa and Highway 3235 in Galliano. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Galliano. Hi, my name is Daniel Lorraine, candidate for re-election for Lafouche Parish Councilman District 9. I'm presently retired and have the knowledge, the experience, and the desire to keep serving the people of South Lafouche. Let me continue to be the voice of South Lafouche. On October the 14th, I would appreciate your vote and support. Number 82, God bless, paid for by the Daniel Lorraine Campaign Fund. A Monday warrior, mean, mean stride. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean pride. We are in the studio today doing play-by-play, but Friday we're taking the show on the road. We're going to Absolute Fitness. Uh, we're going to be doing play-by-play from there. Uh B, you know a little bit more about some of the things that will be happening there. There's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of opportunity to win some, maybe some uh, gym credit gift cards or some different opportunities, some different sign-up bonuses. Give us a rundown of what's happening at Absolute Fitness on Friday. Yes, it's absolutely no tricks, all treats. Join and pick out of a bag and receive one of the following. So if you join, you get to pick out of a bag, and you can get one free month membership, no joining fee if you sign up, or a $50 gift uh, gym gift card. And also they're going to have a wheel of prizes that you can spend and win additional prizes. That's going to be at Absolute Fitness this Friday, play-by-play on the road. Looking forward to it. For sure. We go to the phone lines. We got Mr. Taylor Griffin on the line. Turtle, what's good, man? How we doing? Hey, doing fantastic. How about you guys? Good, dude. We'll lead off with a little bit of high school stuff. I don't know how closely you've been following this, but yesterday the LHSAA um, – ratified their new definition for what a select school is. So now we have um, private schools who are select, charter schools, and also open enrollment schools who are select. Um, I think it's a little fair that way. I don't know if it's the end-all, be-all, but I think it's a good Band-Aid for now. Um, So I'm going to ask you a question that I've never asked you before, man. We ask the coaches this all the time. But if tomorrow I was named the president of the world and I said, as president, I named Taylor Griffin the LHSA executive director, what would you do? What In the perfect world, if Turtle's in charge, what would the LHSA look like? 
I'd walk in the door and say, all right, everybody in here, y'all get out. We start over. <laughs> that's, that's what I would do, number one. Everybody out, go find new jobs. We start over. And then we'd slowly do what we could to build back and try to make some sense of this whole organization. But, um, you know, it's a mess. But uh, I, do, I do like what they did yesterday. You know, um, if you are a school, you know, whether you want to call yourself a public school or a charter school, if you're able to pull kids from outside of the designated boundary lines, I mean, it's wide open. You know, whether you're going to use it or not, abuse it or not, whatever you want to call it, if you're able to do it, then you are a private school in the eyes of athletics, at least, you know, in my opinion, you are technically able to recruit. So until the public schools are allowed to do the same the true public schools who are you know are supposed to abide by the boundary lines until they're allowed to do the same for athletics then i guess right now yes as you said this is the fairest band-aid for the current situation and uh i don't have an issue with it i mean long term is that is that the final answer eh, i don't know but right now it's better than what we were working with for sure man um look I'll ask you about LSU now. Oh, man, just, just a depressing showing against Ole Miss. You give up 700 yards of offense. The birds are chirping, man, because, look, Brian Kelly's going in the portal and getting these guys, and some of these guys just don't look like they have the speed to play at the SEC level, man. A lot of folks are disheartened. What say you as you were watching that game Saturday? Man, that's another one. If you were a president of the world and you put me in charge of LSU athletics, I'd go in there and say, all right, Everybody that's got anything to do with the defense, get out. We're starting over. Offense, you guys are cool. Y'all can stay. But, man, it is an absolute mess. It's, I, I don't understand in, the, in today's day and age when, I mean, as crazy as this sounds with the way NIL is right here in front of our faces, we can use it how we want. You can literally pick the best players money could buy you could buy your entire team right now if you really wanted to and why are we getting these great value restaurants on defense these whatever he did to build this defense it's a it's not good enough man I, i'm not i'm not impressed in the least bit with any transfer portal defensive guys really with any guys on the defense right now i that's it's a huge problem. It's it's painful to watch as a fan. Uh, I surely don't donate to TAF, but if I was a TAF donor who was heavily involved in that, I would be embarrassed to even be a part of that. I would be, you know, angrily shaking my fist and, and complaining and, like, well, why don't you guys get your stuff together, man? It's uh, LSU needs to really look themselves in the mirror and uh, – figure out what we're going to do to turn this thing around because they're uh, they're on their way to losing a whole hell of a lot of support you know you lose your endorsements you lose you lose fan you lose the fan base you lose ticket sales and it's just the whole thing could come crumbling down with a bad football season man it's it's horrible you know what the shame of it is is you're wasting an all-world season by your quarterback. Jaden Daniels has 16 touchdowns and two interceptions and is legitimately one of, if not the best player in the damn country. But he has to score 55 points to even have a chance to win, bro. It's crazy. Yeah, it makes no sense. I mean, some people, you know, 
right before week one or right after week one might have laughed at you when you said the dude's a Heisman candidate. But proud of numbers, I mean, uh, if he keeps doing what he's doing, he could possibly sneak back into the conversation. That, that's how good, that, that's how great he's been playing. Um, he seems to be a good leader. He's, I don't know the guy personally. I've never, you know, one thing we used to look forward to every year, I mean, when I say look forward to, jokingly, I mean, it was, it was sad, but it was a reality. You know, going into every LSU season, there was always, you know, okay, who's going to be suspended the first few games? Who got in trouble over the summer? Who got in trouble the first two weeks of August when everyone had to report in, in training before practice before the real practice started? Who got in a brawl at one of the stupid first name bars in Tigerland? You know, who there's always something. Somebody was always getting in trouble. I didn't hear a whole lot of anything this year. You know what I've definitely never heard? Not a single negative thing about Jaden Daniels in the community. Uh Correct me if I'm wrong. No negative strikes on this guy's resume. Stand-up guy, great young man, great role model. As far as I know, he's never been in an ounce of trouble. Just that right there, I mean, that helps. That helps your publicity. That helps your, you know, potential Heisman conversation down the road if you keep. You know, this dude. You're right. His his whole season is being wasted because we've just got a terrible defense that can't do their job on their side of the ball. I, it's, it's a shame. It's, it's such a shame that this guy, Jaden Daniels came here. One of what's supposed to be a premier program in the country. Most people would argue it is the best program in the country, regardless of how we finish with a trophy every year. It's the best program you could play for. And it's, it's just getting pissed away because of piss-poor defense. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Look, one of the guys in sports that I think is the most interesting guy in sports is Nikola Jokic. He, um, Denver Nuggets center, uh, won MVPs before, won the championship last year, but he's just such a weird guy. I was watching Nuggets media day the other day, and they asked him about Deion Sanders. He said, look, I don't even know who that is. And, you know, last year when they're, when they're having, you know, the champagne celebration and, like, he was miserable. Like, he doesn't like being in America. He doesn't really like playing basketball very much, but he's just so damn good at it. Dude, fascinated by the guy. Like, in living in Colorado, the, the reporter asked him, hey, what you think about Coach Prime's doing? Like, huh? Who, who the hell is that? Like, the dude is just oblivious to American culture, and because of that, to me, he's absolutely fascinating, man. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's a special one, all right. He's, uh, he's so strange that you can't help but just appreciate the pure heart that the guy has, the innocence that the guy has at the, at, at the age that he is. He's just completely clueless to just all the distractions. Some of them aren't distractions. Some of them are entertainment. But, I mean, in his world, it could be viewed as a distraction. He's got no idea about Coach Prime and the state he lives in. He. He's miserable at the champagne uh, celebration, like you said. I mean, he was at the media table. He's like, oh, I just I want to go home and be with my horses. You know, he goes home and he goes. He, he does all the, these these horse racing events. I mean, the dude literally, you know, as people say on the Internet, you know, on social media and these memes, like basketball is just a side quest for him. This is just his job. 
nothing more. He's just being in America, being in the premier basketball league in the world, winning the title, being the best player. He's just he's doing it because he's good at it, gets his money, he just wants to go home, he just wants to be at peace. It's such a strange, pure, innocent-hearted guy that you can't help but love and appreciate. You can't help but root for him because, you know, he <clears throat> he's just not what the typical NBA player is. And, you know, uh, me personally, I root for him as well, man. That's, that's, a, that's a special character right there. The, the talk around the Brooklyn Nets camp is that all oh, Ben Simmons is back. Mentally, he's ready. He's had a great offseason. He's strong. He's so confident. Over under 10 games in the season before Ben Simmons is out injured. <laughs> under. <laughs> I'll, I'll even do an adjusted line. I'll say under seven. <laughs> unbelievable, man. The, the, the guy is, look, so much talent, just doesn't love the game, man. It's unbelievable. It's, it's pitiful, man. It's, it's a slap in the face to everyone who does love the game. It's a slap in the face to everyone who has busted their butt and tried to get to that level. And, you know, the fans who, who pay to go to the games and just everything, everyone involved, from the janitor cleaning up the locker room to the president and the owner of the team and everything in between and everyone who tunes in, that dude just constantly just – insults everyone by being alive at this point. It's it's horrible. He needs to go somewhere else. He needs to try something else. Go be a fashion model or something. Go go use your celebrity name and go do something else. Stay away from the basketball court because you're worthless. The New Orleans Saints got beat up by the Tampa Bay Bucks 26-9. Um, bro, coming into the year, I was pretty optimistic, right? You know, hey, you got Derek Carr. Your offense should be better. I didn't think the Saints would be elite, but I thought, you know, hey, playing in a crappy division, they'd be the best of all the bad teams there. Um, I don't know if that's the case anymore. Some kind of way the offense has gotten worse. Uh, they can't run the ball, can't protect. Derek Carr's already beat up. Saints get beat up in the Dome by Tampa. Uh, this thing could potentially go off the, the rails here pretty quickly if they don't get some things fixed right now. Casey, I'm, I'm still trying to hang on to my hope. I'm still trying to hang on to my Saints fandom. My belief, my confidence, my, my faith in the team, I'm one more bad game away from spitting out the Kool-Aid we talked about a few weeks ago. Man, it's, it's getting pretty bad. I don't understand how, you know, first of all, I'm not a doctor. I don't know what went exactly what went wrong with Derek Carr, but I thought for sure the wise thing to do would be to sit him one week or use him sparingly. Use him as a decoy. Anything but hand him the keys and say, go make something happen. After that injury that took him out of the previous game. I just, I don't understand how a, throw, a throwing arm shoulder injury to the quarterback, enough to take him out of the game, heals up in one week, and he's considered 100% good to go. I don't understand it. Again, I'm not a doctor, but, you know, I, I was fully expecting a lot more Jameis Winston action from from beginning to end of the of the week. You know, they, they should have been prepping him. That, that, that's how I felt. You get Kamara back, and he does a few good things, but we just, we just can't finish plays. We can't finish drives. We can't get in the end zone, man. It was, uh, it was horrible, and 
the, the worst part about it is you look across to the other side, it's Baker Mayfield tearing you up. Like, <laughs> nobody wanted him, but you look at that one. We could have had him. Instead, we overspent on Derek Carr. Are you kidding me? Like, I know it's too late now, but, man, like, it's, it, it's, it's horrible, man. It, it, it's, it, it's getting painful to watch. And like I said, I'm, I'm one week out of just finding something else to do on Sundays, man. It's, it's terrible. I am usually a Monday night and Friday night wrestling guy. I usually don't watch a whole lot of NXT. I certainly don't watch any of AEW, period, no matter what night they're on. But this coming Tuesday, I might have to make an exception because Dynamite is being moved up to Tuesday this week. I don't know, some sort of scheduling conflict, probably Major League Baseball playoffs. So AEW is running on Tuesday with NXT head-to-head. So... WWE got the memo, and they're having a match where Braun Breaker will be taking on uh, one of the other stars in NXT with Paul Heyman in his corner. So it looks like Braun Breaker, who's going to be a future star, by the way. It's Rick Steiner's son. He is a freak in the ring. He's unbelievable. He's going to have Paul Heyman in his corner. The gentleman that he's wrestling is going to have John Cena in his corner. Um, uh, Cody Rhodes is going to be there making, quote-unquote, a big announcement. Dominic will be there defending his NXT title. WWE is trying to bury AEW next Tuesday. I can't wait to see that show, and I can't wait to see how the ratings turn out. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's interesting to say the least. Uh, I'm like you. We're pretty much on the same wrestling schedule, Fridays and Mondays and pay-per-views only. Uh, no AEW, no NXT. And and me, to take it a step further, you know, depending on, you know, if there's something else scheduled Friday night, you know, depending on if there's a better game on Monday night football, depending on what my kid's doing, you know, it, it's just there's a lot to factor in on whether I could even dedicate a whole night there. But, man, Tuesday, <clears throat> all these names coming out the woodwork just in an attempt to really just give the middle finger to AEW like that, I'm all for it. I'm all for the ratings war. I'm all for the – <laughs> this this one night only Tuesday night war that that is coming, you know all these big names shifting over to NXT for this for this one night. Just uh, look, I'm I'm here. I'm gonna do everything I can to watch it. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of you know WWE just flexing their muscles and letting AEW know that they they will just always be in second place. Look, it, it sounds like I'm an AEW hater, and I'm really not. Man, I wish that it would be better. I wish it would be more watchable. But I, it, to me, it's AEWCW. It's like oh, they're doing the same things WCW did, just signing old guys to big inflated contracts and have a bad locker room. Edge is the latest one on the list. Edge is pushing 50, man. And, and he says that he chose AEW because he wanted to work a full-time schedule. Turtle, you know what that's going to end up. Edge can't work a full-time schedule, dude. He's got so many injuries and neck problems and back problems. Like, he's going to break down, and I I just wish he would have stayed with WWE. I I get it. He wants to go be with Christian, and he wants to work more. But, dude, Tony Khan called that. This is a rebranding. It's it's our new chapter. You're building around a 50-year-old who has a broken neck half the time. Dude, it's crazy. Yeah, I... uh... I don't think that was a very good move on, on anybody's side. I mean, maybe temporarily you might get a few more viewers just to see how they use Edge, but that's going to fizzle out. That won't last long. 
I don't understand how we couldn't get Christian to come to WWE. I mean, to, to, to make Edge happy. You have them do a couple of one-off things. You know, you use them at Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania. They ride off into the sunset and everybody's happy. I mean, how... How can I see that? I know you see it, and they can't see it. I, I don't understand how they couldn't make that work. And, you know, <clears throat> as far as AEW just being just like WCW, you, you're right, man. It's it's a laughing stock. It's um, They're using these old crap guys who, who just who don't have it anymore, and it, it's becoming dangerous. I don't know if you saw at the latest event. I saw a clip going around. I don't remember if it was Facebook Reels or TikTok or whatever. Christian was fixing a suplex. I believe it was Darby Allen over the rope onto the steps outside of the ring. And he goes to lift him. And look, all props and a bunch of credit. Christian was a hero here. He, he pulled back realizing, I cannot safely execute this move. Someone will get hurt. So he improvised. That's what you're supposed to do. You number one priority as a sports entertainer in that ring. It's the safety of your opponent slash dancing partner, however you want to view it. Yeah. That's the right thing to do. But the fact that he had to do it when he's supposed to be manhandling, what, the guy's like 160 pounds soaking wet? Like, <laughs> that's embarrassing that we're at that point. You're trusting a 50-something-year-old guy to, you know, be safe in the ring with guys half his size, and he just he can't get it done. He can't, you know, that takes away from the illusion of these guys being these super strong, superhero-like stars, and he had to bail out and do something safer because he knew it wasn't the right move, and he's just, something clicked in his head like, I can't do this. I don't have the strength. I don't have the power to execute this move. I need to pull back. Dude, that should tell you everything you need to know right there. Like, there's too, there's too many old guys trying to be major players in this horrible game that is AEW, and it's just it's not the smart thing to do. Um, the rumors and whispers are that uh, Roman Reigns is going to be appearing in about a month or so. Uh, he's, he's kind of taking some time off. I saw that he is four match wins away from 1,000 victories in WWE. He's scheduled for four more pay-per-views the rest of this year. Uh, I don't know if they're going to bring that into story or not, but I'm curious to see what's next for Roman, man. We haven't seen him in a while. I know we talk about The Rock and everything. He's going to have some bridge feuds before then, I think. Curious to see who his next adversary is going to be. Yeah, man, that's uh, that's tough to call because I'm I'm quickly brainstorming, just trying to think who who these next four could possibly be. I mean, it, you know, obviously it's going to be a part of the story. That they're going to milk it, they're going to use it to, to keep us tuned in, and it, it'll work. We'll fall for it because uh, you want to see him get to that thousand. Or do they do they do the typical WWE thing and throw us for that absolute curveball, and he loses the thousandth match? He loses after nine ninety nine. I mean, maybe, maybe that's wait. I'm sorry. Is it a, is it matches or days? What are we talking about? Here? Um. He he's he's four wins short of a thousand wins. I think he's already surpassed a thousand days as the champ. Oh, okay, okay. So so yeah, I mean it's four four short of those. I mean, I don't know how many pay per views we got. We got left. We got Survivor Series. What TLC? You got is is he going to? 
he's not he's not scheduled to appear at Fastlane. I don't know, man. Either way, either way, it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll uh, it'll get us to tune in, and there's no doubt with him being going this long, even though he has been just a dirty, rotten heel this whole time. I'm excited for the pop from the crowd when he actually does show back up. You know, uh, it won't take long for him and Paul Heyman to get on and insult people and get booed again. But <laughs> I, I'm ex- I'm excited for that initial pop when he comes back, man. That's that's going to be fun to watch and. You know, knock out these next four wins and, and get ready for the rock. That's that's what I'm looking most most forward to here in these upcoming months. I I see I'm scrolling through Twitter right now and I see the age old debate amongst some coaches around the country saying that we need to put a shot clock in high school basketball and the, the you know, some are in favor, some are not. I know the guy sitting across from me would not be in favor of that. I don't think it's going to ever happen, A, because it's a big expense to, you know, wire your gym and add it in, and some schools don't have the resources, whatever it may be. But what say you? I've never asked you about this. Should there be, you know, a 35 or 40-second clock in high school? Man, I don't know. I'm, I'm super conflicted, and I think I could argue both sides, and I'm sure whoever's listening is upset, and they, they, actually, they want me to just pick a side. I can't pick a side, man. It's tough because, you know, some of my greatest memories as a player, some of the best games we played in, you know, if we would have had a shot clock, we'd have been screwed. It, we we made the best of our current situation, and we used that strategy in our favor to, you know, you could call it stalling the game, delaying, milking, whatever it is. The bottom line at the end of the day, the strategy is if your opponent doesn't have the ball in their hands, they can't score. So as long as you take care of the ball and score when you got it in your hands, you give yourself a better chance to win. So that right there, I'm a big fan of just it's it's one of the last things. It's it's one of the last pure parts of high school basketball that they haven't, you know, tried to take away. You know, it it's only a matter of time. We may never see it in the next 10 years, but who knows. You know, when are they going to move the three-point line back a foot to match with college? You know, when when are they going to move college back a little bit to match with the pros? When are they going to, you know, change the the length of the quarters? I mean, are we going to be playing halves one day? You, you just you never know. Every it seems every 10, 15 years someone comes up with a broad idea to do something. Now, <clears throat> I have seen I have seen some clips online. I have seen some highlights. Will end up being lowlights. I've seen two really bad teams who both of their strategies are to hold the ball from their opponent the whole time, and the, the game's two to nothing in the third quarter. But neither one of these teams have any business trying to keep it from their opponent because their opponent's just as bad as them. It's not like it's a strategy to give yourself a chance to win. It, it becomes – it ends up looking like they're just trolling everyone. So – I guess in those situations, yeah, maybe you do need a shot clock. Maybe you that's how you grow the game. That's how you evolve the game. You do what FIBA's doing. You do what the NCAA's doing. Maybe you do bring that shot clock in. Maybe it is good for the game in certain situations. But I could see it being a problem for, you know, those old school teams who all their strategy is just based on the discipline of, keep the ball out of your opponent's hands and, you know, 
score when you got it, and as soon as you get it back, don't be in a rush. Don't be in a hurry. I don't think there's a need to, you know, unless it's a very special situation and you're heavily outmatched and you need to hold the ball an entire quarter, maybe you need to do that once every five, six years. But I don't think so much it's a situation of teams are going to be doing that all the time versus, you know, if I hold the ball for one minute, that's a minute you didn't score. We're eventually going to shoot because we're eventually going to get open because you're going to get sick of playing defense. I don't think there's enough teams abusing the system, holding it for an entire quarter for it to become that much of an issue. So right now I'm kind of 60-40, 60% leading towards just leave it alone. I don't think we need a shot clock just yet. I think there needs to be more widespread complaints, more widespread abuse. I don't think that's there. I don't think we're at that point yet to where, okay, enough is enough. Everyone needs a shot clock. I don't think we're there yet. I think we just leave it alone, let the kids play, let the coaches coach, and uh, just just keep doing what we're doing. Sounds like a winner, bro. Thanks so much for the time. We'll chat next Wednesday. Yes, indeed, man. Thanks for having me. It's always fun. And as always, go Tarps. And God bless America. Yes, sir. There's Taylor Griffin joining us here every Wednesday on Play by Play. We thank him so much for the time. We'll catch one more commercial break when we get back. Get our mailbag done. Uh, we've got 10 questions this week, so I'll try to get to all of them. It's Play by Play. We'll be right back after this. Maritime Safety Solutions, LLC, specializes in portable fire extinguisher sales, inspection, and service. They provide tests of CO2 fire suppression, NOVEC systems, fire detection systems, water mist systems, and safety relief valves on marine vessels. Conveniently located minutes away from Port Fouchon. Our service technicians have a dependable reputation by outstanding service to the marine industry. Stop by Maritime Safety Solutions, LLC, 14626 West Main Street, Cutoff, or call 985-632-7233. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Hi, I'm Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser. When I took office, I promised to work hard and open our doors to the world. And boy, did we ever. Five record-breaking years in tourism. In one year, over 53 million people visited Louisiana. They left behind $1.9 billion in taxes you and I didn't have to pay, saving us over $1,100 per Louisiana family. When we took office, seven state parks were slated to close for lack of funding. Not only do we keep them open, but several are making a profit. When have you ever heard of a state agency making a profit? I see a day when all of our parks will make a profit for Louisiana. There's nothing I won't get involved in to make Louisiana better. 
Cape Louisiana Beautiful was moved under my office. This year, we had our largest cleanup ever with over 580 teams in all 64 parishes. I'm Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser asking for your vote so I can continue to work hard for all of Louisiana. We have so much more to do, and we're just getting started. Paid for by friends of Billy Nungesser. All your auto repairs for your first car should be Detroit's Paint and Body Shop, located at Highway 3235 in La Rose. They're established since 1997. Detroit's Paint and Body Shop is family-owned and operated. They sell parts and repair all makes and models of vehicles. Detroit's Paint and Body Shop honors all insurance estimates. Go by and see their trusted team of technicians for all your auto needs. Trust me, Detroit's Paint and Body Shop, 985-693-4133. That's 985-693-4133. Welcome back to Play by Play. We've got one more segment to go. We've got our mailbag queued up. Do we have our sound effects queued up? On a scale of 1 to 10, how hot is Brian Kelly's seat right now in Baton Rouge? Um... I got a bunch of different variations of that question, but I'll merge them all into one. Um, three or a four. I don't think it. I don't think it's that bad yet. I mean, you won the SEC West in his first season. Um, if you win seven, eight games, which I think is is more than enough. Um, the only way that I think it really gets bad is if you kind of give up 45, 50 points every game the rest of the season and lose a bunch of them. Then we might have some problems, but. I think he's got some job security. I think that Scott Woodward understands, you know, hey, he inherited a roster at 39 players on scholarship, and, you know, to to have it all the way turned around in two years is maybe asking a bit much. So I would say a three or a four. Um, but on Matt House and the defensive staff, I think it'd be a seven or an eight or maybe even a nine. Uh, I think those guys are maybe in trouble at the end of the year. Hey, Casey! Who's your preseason pick to win the NBA title? Preseason starts in the next couple of days. Uh, preseason pick to win the NBA championship. I'm not going with the Nuggets to repeat. I don't think they're going to win it all. Um, give me... Boy, I really think that if the Clippers do end up getting James Harden in a trade, that they'll be really tough, but no traction on that. But give me Boston. I'll, I'll go Boston this year. Boston um, made some moves in the offseason. They got Chris Stapps Porzingis. Um, who will add some offense. Recently, they added Drew Holiday, which will make them a better team. Uh, yeah, give me Boston. I think that Jalen Brown, Tatum, uh, Porzingis, Drew Holiday, like that, that's a bunch of that's a bunch of threads there. I th- I'll go with the Celtics, but I'll also concede that I think it's wide open because I think Boston could play. If Harden would get his head out of his rear and would commit to Philly, I think Philly would be in play. The Bucks got Damian Lillard. They're going to be good. The Heat are, are always going to be the Heat. The Nuggets are the defending champions. Golden State says that they're poised to make one more run. The Clippers, I think, are in play because if they get hard and they'll have a three-headed monster, the Lakers are in play. The Suns have Bradley Beal with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. That should be scary. Um, the Grizzlies, uh, John Moran, and you know they've, they've got a great core. And even the Pelicans, if, and it's a huge if, and it's not going to happen, but if the Pelicans stay healthy all year, even they would have a chance. So I think it's wide open, but I'll go Boston. Hey, Casey! Is there any chance that the New Orleans Saints sign Randy Gregory? Randy Gregory was released by the Denver Broncos today um, because Sean Payton wants to, quote, focus on younger talent. 
Randy Gregory is a pass-rushing defensive end, played for the Dallas Cowboys, got a big contract in Denver, and just two years into that contract has been released. Gregory's 30 years old. He has one sack this season. For his career, he has 19 and a half sacks. Um, but he's also kind of bad off the field. He's been suspended a bunch of times and he's got some demons. He was suspended the whole 2019 season because of some of those demons. So I'll I'll lean to say no. I don't think New Orleans is going to bring him in, but um, they do need pass rushing. That's one of the biggest things that that's lacking right now. Cam Jordan's not able. I mean, Cam Jordan is a great run stopping defensive end, but he's not a great pass rushing defensive end anymore. Um, I think they might try to upgrade that position, but I don't think it's going to be with Randy Gregory. If it would be flip, Sean Payton would take him in. I saw something yesterday. Sean Payton has seven former Saint players on Oof. his roster. Seven. Oof. He also has seven former Saint assistant coaches on his staff, not including the, I think I think it was the head trainer. <clears throat> or one of the, with the training staff. Why the hell would you want the Saints trainer? Yeah. So, I mean, that's crazy. Next one. Whoa. Hey, Casey! Can the Nichols Colonels win the Southland Conference in football? I'm here to tell you, yes, they can. They got a 31-10 win over McNeese in the Southland Conference opener. Um, Incarnate Word is the favorite. Southeastern's one of the favorites as well. But Southeastern is 0-5. Like, they're not playing as well as people thought they would. Um, big one against Northwestern State on Saturday. Excuse me, against Houston Christian on Saturday. Another big one after that against Northwestern State, a game that <clears throat> yours truly might be calling on ESPN 100.3. Um, Which so one? Northwestern uh, on the 14th. Not, th- not this Saturday, but next. Um, so a big opportunity for the Colonels coming up. And, yeah, I do think they can win the Southland Conference. I do think they can make the playoffs. Bro, they, their only FCS loss this year came to Sacramento State, who's the number eight team in the country, and they only lost by 14. Like, I think Nichols is much better than the one and three would indicate, and I think that's the reason why they went to McNeese and beat the hell out of McNeese this past week and beat them by 21. Southeastern can still win the conference. Yeah, they can. So, yeah, I don't they think they won a game yet. Hey, Casey! It's almost cold front season, Mr. Gisclair. Are you a chicken gumbo or a seafood gumbo type of guy? 1,000% chicken and sausage gumbo. I'm not a seafood gumbo guy. I'm not. I never have been. I'll eat it if it's there. I don't know. I just, I, I, I'm not a big seafood person. You give me some chicken and sausage gumbo from the local public school cafeterias, I will devour that. In fact, they're serving it Friday. If we wouldn't be going to Absolute Fitness, I would go eat lunch at South mm-hmm. Lafouche on Friday. I'm a chicken and sausage gumbo guy. What about you? Oh, seafood all the way. Yeah, we uh, we differ on that one. I'm a, I'm a big chicken and sausage guy. Next question. Hey, Casey! Who is South LaFouche's backup quarterback? I see Josh Mack has been active all year with a shoulder injury. Well, it's actually a collarbone injury with Mack, but close enough. Um, from what I understand, um, let's just keep Carson Ogeron healthy. <laughs> uh, because Ricard is a ninth grader, Max Ricard, and, and they, they're excited about him. But he's also injured and is going to be missing pretty much the rest of the year, from what I understand. Um Terrence Petrie, uh, I'm told, takes some snaps at practice every once in a while. He was a middle school quarterback. Colt DeCures played a little bit of quarterback in JV games. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know that any of those options would be able to throw the ball or do the explosive things that Carson does. It would kind of just be an emergency situation type of deal if, if Carson's not able to give it a go. Uh, so, yeah, let's just keep him upright. 
Hey, Casey! Edge has signed with AEW and made his debut. What are your thoughts? Um, I mean, let me let me let me find the exact age. I called him a fifty-year-old in the last segment. He might not be fifty yet. He might be older than fifty. He might be a little younger. Edge is forty-nine. He turned actually turns fifty later this month. He looks sixty-five. Uh, dude, he he's he had to stop wrestling for four or five years because of a severe neck injury that could have left him paralyzed if he had made a wrong move and some kind of way he rehabbed that or paid off a doctor to clear him one or the other uh, and he got back into the ring and WWE was very cautious they would put him out there you know once every two three months for a special occasion he said he wants to be full-time and went to AEW I just don't think that AEW I think actually the last thing that AEW needs right now is another old guy who's a former WWE guy they got enough of those, man. They got Matt Hardy. They got Jeff Hardy. They've got, you know, Samoa Joe. They, they are doing and making the same mistakes that WCW did in the 90s. They're spending a lot of money on guys who are old, who are washed up, who are past their prime, and who don't move the needle. Um, I understand why Edge did it, right? He's probably getting a, a, a crap ton of money. Uh, he's probably getting very well paid. Um but I don't think it changes AEW's business at all. And I think that Tuesday when they go head-to-head with WWE, I think NXT is going to bury him. I think it's going to be real bad. Hey, Casey! Next question. What are your thoughts on Nichols basketball this season? Um, okay, so trying to think of, of a positive way to, to say this. Um, I think this will be the first time in a while that the men aren't going to be considered one of the favorites to win the conference. Um, I'm just looking at it objectively. They lost so much off of last year's team. Um, I'm looking at the roster right now. Okay, that's one new player, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight new players on your roster. Um I don't know. I think the men are going to struggle a little bit. Uh, uh, Coach Sadler, I think, is going to eventually be okay. Year one might be a little bit rough. And when I say that, I don't mean they're going to go, you know, oh for the conference or anything. I just think they might be more in the middle and less in the top. Um, for the women, I think just the sheer energy of Coach Payne and also some of the recruiting that they have done was they added a lot of players. He brought in a lot of players in, in the portal and transfers and different players like that. I think they'll go from the bottom to the middle. So I could see the men maybe kind of creeping from the top to the middle. I could see the women going from the bottom to the middle. I think that it's going to be a season where both men and women's basketball is kind of in the middle of the Southland Conference this year. Hey, Casey! What is your fi- Where do you guys come up with this? What is your favorite sunflower seed flavor? I see you with the seeds all the time. Um, man, what is it? Um, the brand, uh, the crab boil ones. Um, it's not David Biggs. Biggs is the brand and crab boil old Bay. I think is technically what it's called, but it tastes like crab boil. That's my favorite ones. The only thing about that boy, you eat those for 15, 20 minutes. Your mouth will be on no. fire. You're going to have the, um, yeah, your mouth will be on fire. Last question. Hey, Casey. If you were Dennis Allen, um, would you give any credence to maybe starting Taysom Hill at quarterback instead of Jameis Winston, assuming that Derek Carr is not able to go? I saw my old buddy um, on social media, and I'll make sure that I get his name right. Jerome Richard Jr. You know Jerome Richard Jr. You just don't know that you know him. 
He's the guy who does the PA for Thibodeau baseball. We met him when we were covering okay. their playoffs. He posted on social media. Let's see. Let's see if I could find it. Does he post a lot? <laughs> Never mind. This is not appropriate for me to read. Um, <laughs> but long story short, his argument is that if you're asking the question, who out of Carr, Winston, and Hill should play, you're in a bind regardless. So now you're asking me who out of Winston or Hill should play. The fact that those are the two options you're giving me, you're doomed with either one. Taysom Hill is only effective as a runner. Every once in a while when the defense thinks that he's running, they might creep up and he might be able to hit a long one down the field. Every once in a while. He's only effective as a runner. But he can't be a full-time runner because he's 33, dude. Like, he would get broken. He would he would get a concussion. He's already had concussion issues. He would get broken ribs. and like, But he don't know how to slide. He's trying to run you over. Like, he would get injured. He can't physically do it full-time. And then the thing with Jameis Winston is there, there's two types of Winston, right? <clears throat> there's the aggressive gunslinging Winston that we saw in Tampa Bay who is a turnover machine, will throw interceptions left and right, will throw interceptions like crazy. And then there's the conservative, I'm scared of Sean Payton, Winston, that just checks down all game and then you're putting fourth and three all game. So my answer to that question is that if those are two the two options I'm given, you're losing regardless. <laughs> you're, going, you're not going to be successful either way. Um, so, yeah, man, I, I guess maybe there, there should be some thought if Carr goes down for good, who would you start or whatever. But, I mean, it, it, it's, it's three options right now, and I don't know that any of them are any better than any of the others. Look, if they're both healthy, you got to go with Carr. If Carr's not 100%, Winston. Is there any chance that this season goes south and we see Jay Kaner? start a game this year just because the team says hey to hell with it let's see what we got no you don't think so nope is there any chance that the team kind of gives up on jay kaner because he can't piss in a cup without the cup glowing yes yeah that, that's a little disheartening right whenever you get a rookie quarterback and fails his drug test can't even be there for the start of the, that's a little disheartening yeah i would move on right, next <clears throat> Let's see. I'll get you some betting picks today, and then we'll wrap up today's show. We want to thank everybody for listening. We want to thank um, BJ Young. We want to thank all of you for sending mailbag questions, and we want to thank the turtle, Taylor Griffin, as well. Um, today in the MLB, we've got the Rangers at 209 are trying to clinch their ticket forward. They beat the Rays yesterday and going to beat them today. I'm going Tampa Bay money line minus 152 over the Texas Rangers. I'm going to go... Um, over eight runs for the Blue Jays and the Twins today. I think that Toronto's offense will come to play. Give me minus 148 money line for the Phillies to beat the Marlins. And then the last one that I'll give you is the Brewers minus 132 over the Diamondbacks. Very quickly before we wrap up, we got an NCAA football game tonight. Give me over 51 points for Jacksonville State and Middle Tennessee. That's all for me today. Tomorrow, don't know if the coach is going to be here. we got a doctor's appointment. Not sure if you'll be able to make it back. Either way, we'll be rocking and rolling. You've been listening to Play by Play. God bless you guys. Love you all. See you tomorrow.